Westside Baptist Church in Noonan, Georgia, brings you our weekly podcast. We hope you will be encouraged by our music and a message from the Word of God as we present our Sunday morning and Sunday evening services and our weekly broadcast by Dr. Melvin Payne. We thank you for listening. I'll fly away, let's sing it now on the first Somewhat morning when this life is o'er I'll fly away to our home on God's celestial shore Bloods atoning, then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Pick it up, let's sing it.
Amen. Amen. We may be seated. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this evening, and I want to thank you so much. If you're a visitor or a guest, thank you for being here with us at Westside Baptist Church. We're looking forward to the good singing and the good preaching. So we're going to move on with it and let Brother Dave take us into a song with the choir. But while they're getting ready, I want to share something with you that got a hold of me. It may not mean anything to you, but it got a hold of me. Today, I was listening to Fox Business News. And at about five minutes to three p.m., that is, it, the, the um, Dow Jones was up by about 40. And they said, well, at least we have a positive number rather than a negative number because it had been way down during the day, I had heard. And uh, then it, it went up to about 68 or 70. And then... It dropped back down to 40. A little after 3 o'clock, it started climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And it even jumped up to about 425-ish. And man, that little girl that was on the uh, TV slash radio, she was all excited. And uh, she said, man, this thing keeps going up, up and up. And the Lord said, Christian, that's exactly where you're going. Up, up and up. The Dow Jones would take a dip, but our Lord never does. It may slip, but we'll never slip from his hand. There's a market that waves back and forth, but we serve a master that's consistent. They said, you know, the market's got to correct itself. Let me tell you, our master never has to correct himself. He's right all the time. So we've got the opportunity to lay back in the arms of Jesus and know one thing. No matter what happens, we're going up, up, and up. Praise the Lord. Good stuff. Y'all pray for us this evening. I've got this on my heart. Um, been stuck in California all week with a bunch of corporate drunks. That's what I've been spending my week with. 700 people, that their whole ambition in life. We sat in meetings all day, and every night they just couldn't wait to get just drunk out of their mind. And I'm sitting there, and I had a lady yesterday, and she said, you know, we noticed you don't drink. And I said, no, ma'am, I do not. And she said, well, is there some, some problem? You got I said, my Christianity won't let me do it. And she sat there and said, well, you know, I probably should live more like you. I'm glad tonight that I serve Amen. that one holy lamb that we're going to sing about this evening. You pray for the choir.
holy lamb. I love it. I love it. I love him tonight. A couple of years ago, Pina and I had gone to Pigeon Forge, and I was being a good husband. She was in the outlet malls. I was sitting in the car. So, as most men would do, I found me a bench or the car. So I'm sitting in the car, and there's a gospel station uh, that you can get in Pigeon Forge that's actually pretty good. And I was turning the dial, and I heard this song on the radio that just tore me up. I don't know. Music affects people in different ways. And for me, doing music, I mean, I get... It gets a hold of me different than it might, might you. I, I hope that it really gets in your heart and stirs you and helps you. But it really got a hold of me. And uh, so I'm sitting out there, and at the end of the song, the announcer gave the name of the song, and I had not heard it before, so I immediately Googled it on my phone. It was Old Time Preacher's Quartet, and I'm like, who is it? And so I kept running it. And so I don't know how long Pina shot, but I about wore my battery out because I just kept running that song. That song just was getting to me, and it got in my heart. And, and I was just so fired up. When she got back in the car, I said, you've got to hear this song. And so I played her the song, and she was like, well, that is a good song. I said, yeah, it's the old time preacher quartet. I'm not. I come home to find out this brother Mike and these men... And I had no idea. And then we started searching more and found more out about the group. And folks, I'm telling you, we're very selective at Westside in who we have come in to sing. We don't want entertainers. We don't want folks to come in uh, to pump up a program. or we, we just don't want that. We want groups that come in that, are want, one thing, want to go to church with us. Our, our folks want... We come in the building ready to go to church, and we need a group that's got the heart and the mind of God that wants to get up here and present in such a way it makes you want to worship, makes you want to be in service. Folks, if you would tonight, let's welcome Old Time Preachers Quartet to West Side tonight, if you would.
our best to worship him when we get in the hotel. We're going to do our best to worship him when we get up in the morning to eat breakfast. We're here to worship. I hope you are too. By the way, already tonight, I can feel the Holy Spirit in here. Uh, we're, we're definitely one of those kind of quartets that we, we come up here and say, Holy Spirit, you lead the way. And uh, this particular song, uh, I just feel like the Lord wants us to do it right here. It's not where we normally put it. But I'm so glad that when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, that he set me free. Yeah. You know, Satan wants to keep us in bondage. Matter of fact, we live in a world full of bondage. But I'm so glad that when Jesus said it is finished on Calvary, that when I accepted his finished work at Calvary, I was completely set free. This is song
tonight. I'm free not because of my bank account. I'm free because of the blood of Jesus Christ. If it had something to do with my bank account, I'd be locked up, shackled. But it has nothing to do with that, friend. It's got to do with Jesus and Jesus alone. The finished work on Calvary.
the celebration of my son-in-law's birthday. He would have been 37 today. About 12 years ago, God took him on to heaven. And since then, he's been celebrating with Jesus. I'll be honest, the last couple of weeks have been really trying times. We've, Monday we got home, I got home in the middle of the day, a friend passed away, his funeral was that evening. The next morning my wife and I left real early, drove all the way to Hendersonville, North Carolina, along with some of the other fellas, to another funeral of Tracy Stuffer. A dear friend that I've known for many, many years. And then we get home late Tuesday night. My wife had started raining, and we get up Wednesday morning, and she hollers and says, Come here, there's a river running down our kitchen table. And so I come in there and look, and the waters are running down through a light onto the kitchen table. At that moment, I want to say, what's the use? <coughs> but then I thought about those that are still celebrating. They don't know any of those things. No more heartache, no more burdens, no more pains. Nothing will ever go wrong for them again. <coughs> That ought to help somebody right there. <laughs> Nothing will ever go wrong for them again. Everything is right because they're with who is right from now on. I'm glad God sent his only begotten son to be the savior of the world. The only one. There is no other. But he is sufficient. He's not only a sufficient Savior, He is a sufficient provider. He is sufficient for every need that we have, no matter what it might be. He didn't say He would supply our wants, but He did say, I will supply all your need. Amen. What we need here in America today is to get back in touch with what works. What is right. The things that count the most. And that is a relationship with him. That is walking by faith and not by sight. That is looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That we might have today exactly what he would have us to have. So that we can go from here saying glory to his name. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He's sufficient. Whether the world thinks so or not, I'm glad I know that he is. There will come a time when there will be no more sad goodbyes. No, forever, forever, forever. It's just going to be hello, hello, hello. Amen. If you don't know tonight, the 
that's going to be your home. Oh, how I wish you'd get to know it tonight. It is our desire not to be here that we might show you who we are, but that we might show you who He is. That you might leave here knowing that He is all you need. Amen. He is all you need. Get that fixed while you have the opportunity to. To be absent from this body is present with the Lord. I'm in the arms of Jesus now. And I'll never suffer anymore. Hand in hand, we're going to stroll together. Down heaven's avenue. And oh, what a celebration! If you only
this goes along with this, what we just did. Somewhere, somebody is praying. Tonight it might be you. For a loved one who's wandered away from the light that brought the sun. I invite you to 
one who can do something about it. Brothers and sisters, if I could do something about it, I would. I can't, but he can. travels Lord it took us twice as long to get here but we're here and I'm thankful for it God we drove by accident after accident it could have been us Lord but you allowed us to get here safely me and my wife and I thank you you allowed the quartet to get here safely I thank you Lord now God we're going to look into this precious holy book of yours God, if you don't show up, it's going to be pitiful. But if you show up, Lord, there's no, no telling what can happen. 
And God, if it's, with, if it's in me and on, on me to do it, it'll be a failure. But God, if you just light on your word and light on your man for a few minutes. Oh God, I pray that you would use us for just a little bit. Oh God, we give you glory and honor. Thank you for the call. Oh my. So undeserving. God, you know me, yet you love me, and you've called me. God, I pray that you just use this for the next few minutes for your glory and for your honor. Amen and amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17. You know, this is a familiar chapter to anybody that's probably been in a church house for more than a week. You've heard about David. You've heard about Goliath. You know the story. But as I was reading through it over the past month or so, there were things that just kind of started to jump out at me that I'd never really seen before. And if God will use us here for a little bit, we'll share some of those things with you. I know one thing. I don't have to ask or interview anybody or have you fill out a card to ask to tell you, have you tell me if you've got a giant in your life. If you're alive and you're breathing tonight, you have got a giant in your life. You may have giants in your life. And if we're ever going to be like David and get ourselves to where the Lord can use us to whoop a giant, we're going to have to maybe take a look at some things. We're going to have to do some things in spite of some things. And it wasn't David who whooped the giant. Let's just get that right out on the table, okay? It wasn't David. It was David's Lord who did it. And if we're ever going to whoop a giant, it's going to be the Lord to do it. But he can use us to do it. He used David. He can use us tonight. And if he's ever going to use us, we're going to have to maybe do some things in spite of some things. Let's take a look at just these first few verses here real quick. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokau, belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephes Dimmum. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other. What was between them? A valley. There was a valley between them. Friends, tonight, let me say that if we're ever, ever going to whoop a giant, we just very well may have to stand in spite of some things. One of them just might be a valley. We might just have to stand in spite of the valleys. And if you, if you live more than a day, you're going to live in a valley. We've all been in valleys. But thank God for the two mountains for every valley. There's just one valley, but it takes two mountains to make that valley. But we're going to have to, if we're going to whoop a giant in our life, we just very well may have to do it 
in a valley. And look at verse 19. We're going to come back to where we were, but look at 19. There it is. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. I'm talking about you're going to have to do it maybe in spite of some valleys in your life. I've had some valleys. Well, I've had some valleys I thought I'd never, ever, ever make it through. But you know what? God has sure been faithful. Hang on. Hang on. He'll get you out of the valley. We're going to have to stand in spite of some valleys. And let's look at verses 4 through 7. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. Can I say tonight that we may have to stand in spite of some valleys and rest assured we're going to have to stand in spite of some villains. There's going to be villains in your life. Preacher, you think there's been a villain or two as you've pastored this church? No telling who, who, uh, who the devil will get a hold of to be a villain in your life. But you can rest assured that there's going to be some villains that raise up their ugly head on you, and you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to deal with some villains in your life. Some devils that just come up and spit on you and kick you and carry on and you don't know what to do with them sometime. But you're going to have to stand anyway in spite of those villains. And I'm talking about they, the villains can be, they can be, hey, villains can come in all kinds of sizes and shapes and packages. Friends, I'm telling you, a villain can be something that you think is just the prettiest, just the nicest little thing. And, and the devil uses that thing against you, a villain in your life. You're going to have to stand in spite of those villains. You may have to, just like David do, stare that villain square dab between the eyes. It's okay. Like David, we got the Lord with us. Give the villain to the Lord, but stand. We're in a day where nobody stands for anything anymore. We got football players sitting down whenever the national anthem comes up. They ought to be standing. Shame on them. They ought to be fired. I'm sorry, I know y'all love the Atlanta Falcons around here, but if they, if they don't stand, if they get down, they need to be fired, get somebody else. I'm old, but I'll suit up and go out, man. I'm going to stand. We need to stand for the Lord. We've got preachers laying down. We've got deacons laying down. We've got singers laying down. I'm in the singer business. Let me say that nine or 12 times. We got singers laying down. We got singers laying down. We got preachers laying down. And it's about time that we stand in spite of the valleys, in spite of the villains. We need to get up and stand up for something. Stand up for Jesus. He sure stood up for you. Amen. We need to stand in spite of the valleys, in spite of the villains. I remember, anybody, I know Brother Mike, you do. Lance Carpenter. Anybody know Lance Carpenter? He went home to be with the Lord two, three years ago. I was in a group with him in Florida going back, my word, 30 years or more. 
And we were singing together, and he called the group together and said there was an opportunity for us to go and sing at a prison that was a, uh, a facility that was death row. We were going to go sing to men that within days, weeks, months, maybe a few, for, a few short years were going to be gone. They're going to kill them, death row. And we said, let's do it, man. They need Jesus. We went. And the, the, uh, the organization that put this together had a heavyweight fighter by the name of Ernie Shavers. Anybody ever heard of the name Ernie Shavers? Heavyweight fighter. Saved by the glorious grace of God. A preacher. And he was there, was going to preach. We sang, and I tell you, I got stories about that day. We won't, I won't mention it here. It would be, be too long. But after the service, come to me. It's interesting stuff. But he got up to preach, and you have to understand kind of how he talked. I mean, a, a big African-American man, I mean, he went toe-to-toe and whooped Ken Norton. Ken Norton, man. My word. Ken Norton. Fought against Muhammad Ali. I mean, he was, as he said, a bad, bad men's. <laughs> he was a bad, bad man's. And he got up there and he, he told that crowd, 200, 200 men that were on death row, said, bring me your, your worst man. Bring the two worst men, he said two, the two worst men up here. I want to talk to them. And so they all started, that started to rile them up. I thought, oh, Brother Ernie, man, calm down now. <clears throat> No telling what can happen here. Two men came up, and he told one man, he said, hit me as hard as you can right here, everything you got. He hauled off and hit Ernie just, I mean, it was like a freight train. Ernie didn't move. Didn't bother him at all. Then he went down, it was a place like this, actually elevated a little more. Then Ernie went down, and he laid on a, on a uh, concrete pad. He looked up at the other fellow and said, Jump down as hard as you can right here. My word, I thought, oh, this is not going to end well. And Ernie, please don't ask me to go down there with you and do it. And that man did it. Ernie shot up like nothing was happening. He looked at him and said, you just think you're bad, bad men? I'm a bad, bad man. Let me tell you, the devil's got some bad, bad men that want to take you down. And in spite of those villains, in spite of the devils and the imps of hell, we need, need to be standing today. Stand for the Lord. Stand in spite of the valleys, in spite of the villains. Look at uh, verses 8 through 10. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, that, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and, and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. We may have to stand in spite of some valleys, in spite of some villains, and I promise you sometimes we're going to have to stand in spite of the volume. Do you think that uh, Goliath there stood and, and whimpered? What's it say? Stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out 
Do you think he was whispering and mealy-mouthing around? Let me tell you, he got up in their faces and started to shout and holler and carry on and try to scare them to death. And in spite of all of that, old David, he stood. You're going to have to, don't think that the devil's going to come up to you and say, now, Brother Les, you know, I'm the mean old devil, man. And I'm the mean old devil, and and, and I'm going to to spook you. Boo. That ain't what he does. The devil come up to you, no telling what kind of package, and tell you, you are the awfulest preacher that ever preached on the face of the earth. You ain't called to preach. You're pitiful, you're worthless, and he's going to shout it at you, and he's going to look you right in the eyes, he's going to try to talk you down. And in spite of all of it, brothers, sisters, we better stand. In spite of the valleys, in spite of the villains, and in spite of the volume that the devil will bring your way. Verse 11. We're going to read several verses here now. Listen to this. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next to him Abinadab, and the third Shemhah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to, fl- to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now thy brethren in an ephah of, his, of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run it to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how, they, how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the, to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. As he walked with them, behold, there came up the champion of the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. 
And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Well, I could preach till about midnight on, Is there not a cause? Aren't you glad that isn't what I'm going to do? But is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard that David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him. And smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Boy, what a verse. That's powerful. I'm, I'm going to do that one again. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. Praise God. And Saul armed David with his armor and he put an helmet of brass upon his head and he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his army or upon his armor and he is swayed to go, and for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with thee, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand and drew his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on the drew near to David, and the man that bare uh, the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You know they knew there was a God in Israel. And can I say today there is a God in Israel. 
And there's one in Georgia. Praise God, because I'm feeling him here. I know he's in Georgia. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into your hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. We may need to stand in spite of some things if we're ever going to have the Lord use us to whoop a giant. And we may have to, look at here, look at here. I want you to look at something. Look at verse 26. And David spake. Look at 29. And David said, look at 31. And when the words were heard which David spake. Look at 32. And David said unto Saul. Look at 34. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with them, for thou art but a youth and a man of war from his youth. And David, David said, here we go. And David said unto Saul, David said, I'm saying David said, and then we got 37, David said moreover, and then we got, look over here, 45, then said David to the Philistine, hey, we may have to stand in spite of some things, and we may have to speak in spite of some things. Even when it's uncomfortable, we may have to just rear back and say something. Standing's one thing, and we're going to have to stand, but sometimes we may have to open our mouth and actually Say something. Actually confront that giant with more than just standing, but with our speech. We may have to stand. We may have to speak in spite of. Look at verse 10. Boy, I'm telling you, man. I mean, the giant. This guy was something else. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. I defy. What he's saying is, I double dog dare you. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Don't give me some little old pitiful. Get, bring me a man. I want to see a man. Look at verses 43 and 44. Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog? What do you think I am? A little poodle dog? You're bringing that little run up here? You think I'm just a little poodle dog? Hmm. No. Look at 40. Look at 44. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give thy flesh into the fowls of the air. I'm going to feed you to the birds. Just like we'd go to the lake, and there'd be birds flying around, and we just got, you know, some, some light bread, and just break it off. That's what the giant said he's going to do today. I'm just going to break you off like light bread. I'm going to throw you to the birds. That gets your attention, won't it? That'll get your attention. We have, may have to speak in spite of the rhetoric. Boy, the Democrats say, oh, President Trump's got some rhetoric. Son, right here was some rhetoric I just read to you. That's some rhetoric right there. We'll feed you to the birds, you little ruddy runt. We're going to have to speak in spite of the rhetoric. Look at verse 16. We're going to have to speak not only in spite of the rhetoric, but look at this. And the Philistine drew near. Now look at here. Morning and evening. And presented himself for 40 days. Morning and night. Morning and night. Morning and night. Morning and night. Here he comes. Morning and night. Over and over. 
morning and night. Here he comes, loud, proud, talking about feeding him to the birds, day and night, day and night, 40 years. Do you think that your giant is going to leave you alone? Let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to come to you in the morning. He's going to come to you at lunchtime. He's going to come to you in the evening. He's going to come to you when you pillow your head. He's going to wake you up about 2 o'clock in the morning and say, you, you're good for nothing. Morning, noon, and night. Day one, day two, day three, I was reminded of Job. And while he yet spake, bad news. While he yet spake, door came knocking. More bad news. More bad news. Job, more bad news. You lost your kids. You've lost everything. Job. Just like that. One thing right after the other. Man, let me tell you, we may have to speak in spite of the relentless pursuit of the adversary. He is coming after you. Wake up. He's coming after you. Wake up, Georgia. He's coming after you. Don't fall asleep. Be ready. Your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, here he comes. Morning, noon, night, middle of the night, day one, day two, day three, for 40 days. Oh, David, he had to speak in spite of the rhetoric, in spite of the relentless pursuit of that giant. Look at verse 28. He had to speak in spite of something else. He had to speak in spite of Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake to the men. Man, his eldest brother. His brother! His brother! Family. The giant in your life might be your own kin. Even if it is, you're going to have to stand. You're going to have to speak. It doesn't matter if they're family, if you know them, if you don't know them. If they are against the Lord, you're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to speak. Just like David did. Verse 28, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and their naughtiness of thine heart, and thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Oh, David's going to have to speak in spite of the reprimands of his siblings. <laughs> He's going to have to speak in spite of the reprimands of society. Oh boy, on the society. Let me just tell you about our society today. Our society stands up for every right in the world except for the right of the child of God. If the more you're a freak, the more they're going to stand up and speak. I said a freak. Me tell you, a man that wants to be a woman, that's a freak. A woman that wants to be a man, that's a freak. A man or a woman that doesn't know what bathroom to go into, that's a stupid freak. They're freaks, and the world stands up for them. The world, they've got marches for freaks. The world stands up, and they, they speak for freaks. It's about time we stood up against them and said, listen, you're a freak. The Lord loves you, and I'm going to pray for you. But I'm not going to stand with you. I'm not going to stand for you. 
and deal with that in spite of what society says. We're going to have to stand. We're going to have to speak against what society says. Whatever society says, rest assured, take the opposite stand. When society says left, you go right. When society says go backward, you go forward. Whatever society says will always be against this word and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we best be standing for his word and standing for him in spite of some things. And let's look at this. Look at here. Hang with me here. Go to the verse 15. We'll be quick on this. I'm wrapping up. 15, David went. Look at 20. And David rose and left and took and went. And 22, and David left. And 30, and he turned and spake. Verse 40, and he took and chose. And verse 48, David hasted and ran toward the army. 51, David ran and stood. He took, he drew. 54, David took, David brought. Let me tell you, if, we, if the Lord's ever going to use us to whoop the giants in your life, you're going to have to strive in spite of the strife. These are action words here. When you strive, you do something. When you strive, you're not going to strive just like this. When you strive, there's some action words. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to do. You're going to have to say. You're going to have to run. You're going to have to bring. You're going to have to draw. You're going to have to take. You're going to have to do all these things David did. He got up. He did some things in spite of the strife. We're going to have to strive in spite of the strife. going to have to do it. Or you're just going to lay down and your giant is going to whoop you up one side and down the other. We're going to have to strive. We're going to have to get up. We're going to have to do some things. There's some action to whooping the giant. If David would have just stayed there with those sheep, David would, I mean, that giant would have had his way with all of them. He had to get out of the herd. He had to get away from the herd. He had to get away from the sheep. He had to get up and do some things in spite of some things. Like verse 14, 33 and 42. Look at here. 14, and David was the youngest. 33, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. 42, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth. You may have to strive in spite of the fact that you just may be a novice. You may be a new Christian. Let me tell you, because you're a new Christian, don't think that the giant doesn't want to have his way with you. He wants to get you while you're young and maybe don't know everything you're going to know a few weeks, months, years down the line. He wants to just like a vulture come and snatch you out. But in spite, in spite of being a novice, we're still going to have to stand. We're still going to have to speak. you still got to strive. Didn't matter if David was young inexperienced. I take a look at man and you can already tell. 
I know you know this. I don't have this isn't going to be a news report. But at the age of 50, I answered the call to preach. 50. Was called for years before that. Years. Ran. I was wrong. Listen to me. I'm telling you, I was wrong. God forgave me. And somehow or another, he's put me into the ministry yet. And as pitiful as this is tonight, and I know it is, I'm a novice. Man, I'm trying to strive. Man, I'm trying. In spite of the strife, in spite of being a novice, in spite of the negativity, man, oh man, that giant was negative. Did you hear one positive word in this entire chapter that I read from that giant? None. Zero. Any positive words from his brethren? No. In spite of being a novice, in spite of the negativity, we're going to have to strive. And look here at 11 and 24. We'll be, we'll be wrapping, wrapping up. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. You're going to have to strive in spite of being a novice, in spite of the negativity, and in spite of the nervousness. When you stand sometimes against a giant, you can get nervous. When you speak against that giant, man, you can get nervous. Start choosing the wrong words and get all nervous and all choked up. and I, I, You can get nervous. All I know is if God's for me, who can be against me? If you lean on the promises that's in God's word, man, he can take those nerves when you stand up and calm you down. When you get ready to stand to speak, he can give you the words that you've been hunting for and you couldn't find it, man, he'll give them to you. In spite of the nervousness, we've got to strive. We've got to strive. We've got to strive. Don't lay down. Too close to home now, church. Too close to home. Verse 49, and David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, look here, they fled. <laughs> There'd have been no fleeing if there wasn't some striving involved. There'd have been no fleeing if there wasn't any standing involved. There'd have been no fleeing if there wasn't some speaking involved. But look at there, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah rose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the 
wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sherem, unto, unto Gath, and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. My, what a story. What an ending to this, what could have been an absolutely horrific event in the life of David, in the life of his family. Horrific. But let me tell you, if you just stand, if you speak, if you strive, with this in front of you, you can defeat every giant in your life. You can defeat the financial giants. You can defeat giants of ill health that's coming your way. And I'm not talking about prosperity stuff and faith healing and all that. I just know God can do it. And I believe he can bless those that are faithful in all ways. Health, financial, always. If we just stand, if we just speak, if we strive in spite of everything that the adversary throws your way, you can absolutely whoop the giants in your life. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause for us to do what I've just preached tonight? Is there not a cause for us to stand? The Lord stood for us. Is there not a, a, a cause to speak in support of this word, his work? Is there not a cause? Have we grown so sleepy and so tired and so lethargic and so I don't care that we don't even remember the cause? Oh, my word. God help us. Is there not a cause? If you've got giants in your life tonight, brother, if you'll get maybe a, 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 a hymn. If you have giants in your life tonight and those giants are whooping you up one side down the other, maybe take a listen to what I've given you today. Maybe you haven't been standing. Maybe you haven't been speaking. Maybe you've just laid down. You haven't been striving. Man, it's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to speak. It's time for us to stand or the giants of this world will take us down. The giants of this world are after you, Pastor. They're after old-time religion. They're after all the shouts that I heard a while ago. They're after your shout. They're after your soul. They're out after your children. And we better get prepared if we're going to whoop those giants in our way. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this, this night. Thank you, Lord, for showing up for just a little while. Thank you for your word. Oh, God, thank you for everything. God, that this Bible stands for. Help us, Lord, to, to just wrap it in our arms, God, and hold tight to your word. And Lord, when the giants come in our lives and come our way, God, would you help us to stand? Oh, God, when it's time for somebody to stand up and to say something, God, give us the words to say. And God, help us to strive. Lord, don't have us laid down. Help us to get up to strive for the cause of Christ. There is a cause. 
Lord, and I thank you for the cause. I thank you for the bloodshed on Calvary. Lord, that I could be free. God, I pray as we open this invitation, if there's anybody with giants in their life, God, and they've just been whooped by them, God, I pray that they come to an old-fashioned altar of prayer. Lord, and, 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 and maybe just get hooked up a little bit, Lord, that'll help them to, to stand in the morning, to help them to speak in the morning, to help them even tonight to get up and strive and go another mile down the road. God, and we'll thank you for anything that's done that's good. God, it's been because of you. And we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Altars are open. If you want to pray, if you've got giants in your life and you need help, bring it to the Lord. If you've got people that you know in your family and, they're, and they are fighting against the giants and the imps of hell, stand in the gap for them. Pray with them and for them tonight. Altars are open.